Up next, TGIF on KFOX. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Like I said, my name is Farley Malaris, and now, Astrological Metaphysical Radio on KFOX. Well, <laughs> you tell me, huh? Void course, moon wobble, Mercury retrograde, plus five planets retrograde. Stay indoors. Gosh, this is not the day you want to launch a space shuttle, get married, sign an escrow, buy massive investments, or actually have a major argument and break up with somebody. This is a wonderful day to just relax, be cool, calm, casual, meditate, pray, be spiritual. I love it when the planets are like this. It's no problem. Everybody gets superstitious and say, well, we got this wobble retro and vibro and this. Hey, this is what life is all about. It'd be boring without these challenges. What we're merely being told to do is rest, relax. You know what scares me? Scares me that uh, if the Lakers should happen to win the Western Conference during six retrogrades and a void course moon, what does that mean is the question. Well, I'll tell you what it means. If Detroit wins tonight against Boston, then they will win during a moon that is in Aquarius. And they won't win during a void course moon. There's like a jinx placed on a team that wins during a void course moon. Let's see if on Saturday the moon is void course again when the Lakers are supposed to be playing. No, no, it's a full Aquarius moon. We do have a brief void course moon on Sunday. So neither Detroit, Boston, Los Angeles, or Dallas would win their championships with void course moons. But they would have six retrograde planets and a moon wobble attached to their championship, both of them, which should make for a pretty screwy championship series. We're going to go with the Lakers to beat the Mavs on Saturday, to beat the Mavs by about 10. And we're also going to push for Detroit to finally take Boston out tonight to a very close game. So uh, I've been wrong. I'm 82 and 22 in sports predictions. All right, welcome to TGIF. We're going to talk about karma and the planet Saturn today. So if you don't know much about astrology or karma or lessons in life, great show to get involved with and call us up. So what we're going to talk about, you see, it's not an accident that you were born. In fact, you were very much interested in coming to Earth because Earth is like a loan company. And when you borrow something, you've got to pay it back. That's what it is. This dimension has debits and credits. It's called karma. And when you make a mistake and when you act a little bit too human and when you step on too many toes or even your own toes, then you have a debt to this dimension, to God in this dimension. And that means you are destined to come back and repay your debt. Now, when you pay off your loan, isn't it funny that I'm the type of guy that doesn't like to owe any money? And I also don't like to have any karma either. (laughs) You know, you notice a lot of these people that owe money. I say to myself, well, this guy owes a half a million dollar note to the bank. Does that mean he's got bad karma too? Well, you don't want to die leaving that kind of note with the bank, right? But anyway, the thing is, is that a lot of people do create a lot of problems with themselves and with other people and uh, actually in a situation where they could bail themselves out and make a peace and try to embrace whatever there is in any relationship, especially if you're older and you're a parent and you have some ill feelings with friends or relatives, even sending a letter or making a wish or saying a prayer or sending a telegram or even one flower, one stupid itty-bitty rose. Believe it or not, a rose from a father that's treated his son like garbage for 40 years 
well, that son will look at that rose and he might cry from that. He'll say, wow, does this mean karmic absolution? And you betcha it does. That, that flower will definitely turn things around. Well, each one of us has a major debt that we owe because notice that every one of us are born with the planet Saturn intact in the natal chart. Now, some of you born in the late 50s and early 60s, like 59 and 60, you may be lucky enough to have Saturn in Capricorn, trine Pluto in Virgo. Well, I was born during a Saturn trine Jupiter, so no, with that, you know. 1948 wasn't such a bad year to be born either, but I was also born with a Saturn square moon. Most of us do have what we call painful karmic situations in our lives somewhere, or an Achilles heel in our life situation where somewhere, somehow, we seem to be falling down in a pattern or a cycle that is very repetitive that just is a continuation. So there's something going on there, and in today's show, we're going to help you designate and diagnose exactly what your Achilles heel is in trying to analyze and identify your major karma in life, your major debt in this lifetime, or what major block of debts you must absolve in order to evolve to a higher state or a better life in the next reincarnation cycle. So really a hot show in understanding karma. If you don't know what karma is, karma basically is a vibration that occurs in this dimension, which basically means that whatever vibration is sent out or tossed out of your body and your mind and your spirit, a similar vibration will return sometimes compounded. We call a dharmic return, D-H-A-R-M-A, dharma, when you do something good for yourself, selfless for yourself, humble or caring or compassionate, then you do a good deed, then one day somebody comes back and does you a good deed. That's why I think treating people, being generous with them, giving money, sometimes to the hopeless, to the starving, to the diseased, making proper donations or reaching out and helping strangers once in a while, as long as they don't try to pull a knife on you or something. These are dharmic deeds that you do. Teaching people, showing them the light, Releasing consciousness and knowledge and wisdom to them is also a dharmic deed. Now, cheating on people and lying to them and taking things from them and being an adulterated person with them or blaspheming them or perversing them or hating them or giving them a hard time or giving yourself a hard time are negative vibes. They're not dharmic. They're karmic, K-A-R-M-A, K-A-R-M-I-C, karmic. And these are vibrations that are the debts that we borrow from this dimension. It's like, you can do it. You can be bad. You can go into that bank and take $100,000 and party for a couple of days, and then the cops come down on you, and boom, 20 years in the federal penitentiary, you pay for that 100 grand, you know? Or you can try to kill somebody and get away with it, then bam, electric chamber, gas chamber. You know, so it's funny how what does go around does definitely come around, and the fun thing about karma is this is one of the few things in this dimension that I know and have proven definitely does work, meaning that whatever you do send out, the higher self, the higher mind, the God self, the God oversoul knows you can't hide anything, and whatever you do send out will come back. So the only person you're cheating is yourself. So when you take that knife and slash somebody, remember when you go get that surgery, that that's the payment that you get. A lot of people that were warriors in past life were slitting people's guts and throats all over the last 10,000 years, and now you're having all this surgery done to you because you didn't meditate and pray it away, or you didn't do something for humanity or society to absolve that. Just lived a selfish life and a gluttonous life or whatever, and now you're under the knife, and that's why we have surgery today to pay off all these warriors throughout history that uh, have not done something. A lot of people say the karma of having cancer would be a warrior from a past life that was what you call vindictive, a no-mercy type warrior in the past life that would go around slashing and killing people sometimes without reservation. Then they'd come back with a cancer karma that they could somehow prevent if they were able to learn compassion and learn to reach out to other people and help them and save lives to try to turn that around. So I'm not guaranteeing you that that's what that cancer karma is, because I was a warrior too. I just hope I was a merciful warrior. 
something like that. Okay, what do you do? Serve or die? The guy goes, so if I make the wrong decision, does this mean I'm dead? I said, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you forgot to make the choice. Okay. But anyway, we're going to take a look now at what the 12 Saturns are. Saturn stays in a sign for two and a half years. And the metaphysical factor that Saturn reveals to me as the astrologer and to you as the astrology student is what the biggest chunk of debt. In other words, your soul has to wait for Saturn to reach a certain qualification point and then at a certain minute when you're born, Saturn is also frozen in a particular house. So Saturn will be have an effect from the sign it's in, like Aries through Pisces, and the house it's in, house 1 through 12, to designate and reveal to us our major lesson owed in any particular lifetime. So knowing what your Saturn means can give you an edge to understand why and what you were here to absolve so you can ease some of this pain. Now heavy things that go on in lives reveal to us that we have Saturn cycles every seven years. At seven years old, we have our first Saturn square Saturn. Notice we're in the first and second graders, and they're going, what the heck is all this all about, right? So we get hit with karma right away. I was lifting skirts when I was like seven years old, and I got punished real bad for it. I go, oh, this is a Saturn square Saturn. Thanks a lot. Do I have to wear this long yellow tail the rest of the week in front of all the kids? Well, you won't be lifting skirts anymore, Farley. Well, it's fun. You know, I have some kind of intuition that tells me to lift all these skirts. I used to run around in the park. This is true. Yeah. Try to lift as many skirts as I could in about two minutes without getting, you know, people going, Farley, stop that, you know, but the girls loved it. Anyway, <laughs> so we do find out that every seven years we have a Saturn square Saturn, a Saturn, a post Saturn, a Saturn square Saturn again, and then bingo, 28 to 30 years old, we have a Saturn return when the Saturn comes back to our birth point in our chart. And that's when the Grim Reaper really knocks on the door and says, Farley, have you worked out your karma yet? You haven't? Well, this is going to take two and a half years, buddy. Wow. You know, and then you go through this Saturn return period that can be excruciating if you have not done what you were supposed to do spiritually during your first 28 years. And believe it or not, if you survive, you have another Saturn cycle and you're close to 60. Then your third Saturn return, God help those people turn in 90, right? (laughs) They have no idea what's happening at 87, 88, and 89, but it could be strange if they're still selfish and obsessed, of course, at that point. That's why. When you go to the hospital, you might find a lot of those older people in there, 88, 89, and 90 years old, going, I know what I'm doing here. But still, understanding what sign your Saturn's in, what house your Saturn's in, and also how it's aspected. You know, knowing that more squares and more oppositions mean more intense lessons, and more trines and sextals mean less lessons or easier lessons, not as painful. So I hope you're recording this show. I know you're kicking yourself if you're not. But also, what we're going to do in the next segment is go through all 12 houses and all 12 signs and tell you basically what the major karma is from each individual Saturn. So that should be fun. All right, now let's talk about Saturn, because everyone's interested in their karma, okay? Now, of course, at this point, if you're a student of mine and a listener, you should have done your homework, so you should now have in front of you the knowledge of, number one, what sign your Saturn is in, or, number two, what house your Saturn is in, or both. My Saturn is in Leo, and it is in the 11th house. So when I talk about Saturn in Leo and or the 11th house, you will then know what Farley's karma is. Let's start off with the first Saturn. If you have Saturn in Aries or the first house, and they both mean very similar things, and we talk about astrology, we always talk about correlations and combinations. So obviously Saturn in any sign, no matter what it is, will still have the same impact if it's in the first house. And first house or Aries karma is karma with the child inside of you. It is karma with the beginning person, the root identity, Growing up in environmental situations and true self. So if you have Saturn in Aries or in the first house, then your major debt in life can be unveiled concerning basic childhood formations. 
an environment that you were subject to, which might have meant that you could have done some negative things to other people concerning their childhood, so you might have been forced into a traumatic one yourself if you have Saturn in Aries or the first house. And there is always a karma there with you. You're the one that the karma is with, not the world. It's with you. Saturn in the second house, or Taurus, is the obsessed Saturn. This is a problem here with power and with acquisition and materialism and money and what you call competition. So Saturn in the second house or in Taurus also can create a karma concerning love or any obsession that would be, relate to what we would call a Taurus factor. Now, if you have Saturn in the third house or in Gemini, then your karma would be possibly with your brothers and sisters. Now, remember, the karma is always with you. You're the center of the karma. Everyone outside of you is the catalyst for you to absolve your karma. It's like you go to Disneyland. You don't have Disneyland with karma. You got you don't have karma with Disneyland. You got karma with yourself. If you get hurt at Disneyland because you went on this roller coaster, then you can't blame the roller coaster. You're the one that walked in there to take the ride. You know, your friend said, don't take that ride. Stay away from that woman. But no, you decide to go for it anyway. So it's always karma with you, and the world acts as the catalyst. So if you have Saturn in the third house or in Gemini, there is a psychological debt here. It is a debt concerning communications and getting things done, detail work in your life, and also expressing yourself and psychological balance, okay, mental factors. Saturn in the fourth house or in Cancer is a karmic debt concerning emotions and feelings. Somebody got their feelings hurt. Time for you to come back in this lifetime and try to smooth things out. Sometimes everybody gets their feelings hurt with Saturn and Cancer. It could also be a problem with home, residence, or location in your life. Saturn in Leo or in the fifth house is a karma concerning power and authority and superiority. And also the father and karma with creative situations in your life, family, and children. So whether you have Saturn in Leo or Saturn in the fifth house, then you will have that karma. Saturn in Virgo or in the sixth house, the karma there with yourself will be concerned with service, with logic, practicality, being able to bear down in your life and get things done, organization, health, and also analysis or lack of it, inability to analyze. See, remember, Saturn, just like having the rings, is a planet whose symbol is contracted. And also the symbol of Saturn, which is a cross of God and a whip of karma, tells us that many times wherever Saturn is in our chart shows a limitation or a restriction. So Saturn and Virgo many times are Saturn in any sign. Well, instead of showing the epitomization of that sign, it would show lack of that particular sign vibration. So if that helps any, that you might understand that. And then we have Saturn in the seventh house or Libra. A major karmic debt here is concerned with balance with relating to people, mutual understanding and mutual admiration, partnerships. Also, Saturn in Libra is a lesson in marital love and marriage. Saturn in the 8th house or in Scorpio is a karmic debt concerning transformation, transition, letting go, metamorphosis, the deeper meaning of life, the mysteries of life and death, sex, intimacy, anything intense, anything extreme, and anything super close or bonded. Connected, like intense hugging, kissing, intercourse, that stuff is Saturn in Scorpio or karma in that area. Saturn in the ninth house or in Sagittarius would show a debt area concerning happiness, optimism, philosophy, travel, mobility, freedom, and overall justice factors and learning conditions. It could also include college, higher education, foreigners, and foreign countries with Saturn in the ninth 
or in Sagittarius. Saturn is in its own sign in Capricorn and in its own house in the 10th house. And Saturn in the 10th house or in Capricorn would reflect a debt concerning career and usually power plays concerning career situations. Logic, practicality, success factors in life, and overall need to suffer in order to evolve and be successful. That's Saturn in the 10th or Capricorn. Saturn in the 11th house or in Aquarius, I have it in the 11th, is a major lesson or debt concerning life's direction, also concerning friendship and humanity, organizations, family of man, science, technology, astrology, and also metaphysics. And then Saturn in the 12th house, which would be either in Pisces or the 12th, your major karmic debt or why you were come to earth, what your major area of learning is, could be spiritual or lack of spiritual growth or self-destructive behavior or overcoming that. Also, unknown factors, mysterious karma, undiagnosed karma, interdimensional effects, higher self effects or lower self effects, and being your own worst enemy or enemies in general. And those are the 12 Saturns. So when you know where your Saturn is by sign and by house, after what I've just said to you, you should be able to figure out your biggest debt or your major lesson in life. And whenever you have that seven-year cycle, whether it's a Saturn square Saturn, a Saturn opposed Saturn, or a Saturn return, which is a Saturn conjunct Saturn, which takes two and a half years to get through, then you will know that during these Saturn cycles that the biggest karmic lessons are made clear to you. And usually, the Saturn in our chart is the factor in our chart that reveals our biggest selfish area, our most obsessed area, whether it's food, sex, relationships, drugs, alcohol, career, money, property, or any kind of hoarding or acquisition, that Saturn will let you know why you have it and why you keep consistently staying on the same pattern. Good topic, huh? Saturn and plugging into your major karma in life, which is a topic I occasionally have to do because so many people before they turn 30 are able to validate their very own Saturn cycles. My name is Farley Mallers. I've sent the letters and thank yous and testimonies and confirmations that astrology and metaphysics and this show has helped you become happier and overall healthier and confident and optimistic and taught you about manifestation. I appreciate that. And that's why I'm here for you every day, too. Now, we'll go to the phones and meet the public. Let's start with one of our supporters, a Libra with Sag Rising. And I'm talking about Diana. And how are you, Diana? Hi, I'm okay, Farley. How are you doing? Real good. You probably heard that topic once before, huh? Um, I'm not sure if I did. But it's real interesting. Oh, you liked it then, because you're in a Saturn return right now. Oh, God, tell me that. <laughs> Isn't that funny how, if you never believe in astrology, when you're about to turn 30, if you're anywhere near metaphysics or astrology, you get the point after a while. Yeah, yeah, help. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess what I'm going through right now is just looking for some guidance in um, career direction. I am working on a writing project, but it's not bringing in any money right now. So That's kind of like a lotto career, you know? <laughs> Whenever people are going to show business, writing, acting, producing, it's like, yeah, what do you do? I'm an actress. Well, do you have a million dollars? Well, no, I'm not one of the point oh 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 one percent of the people in the world that are actors and actresses. Right, what do you? I'm a writer. Do you have any money? Well, no, I'm not one of the you know one percent of the writers that have money. It's funny, like the writers all have a writer strike, you know, and and they're real crying because they're not getting enough money. Meanwhile, ninety nine percent of the writers haven't made buck one yet, right? <laughs> We're sitting going, we not only don't want to strike, we prefer to have a few dollars first, if you don't mind, yeah. But uh, I guess people try to get what they want to, of course. But anyway, that's my opinion because I love everybody. I, don't, I just don't. I want everyone to share the pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what degree is your Sag rising? It's eighteen degrees. Okay, I wish I could find a Virgo planet at eighteen in your career house. Uh, but what I do find 
is Mars in your 10th house at around 15. You have the same Mars I do. You you have a Farley Malaris life force here. Elvis Presley and me and you all have Mars at 15 Libra. Well, that couldn't be bad. Now, actually, your Mars is right around 12 or 13 thereabouts. But that would make you a good teacher, philosopher, counselor, and astrologer, just like me. Had you considered that as a supplement? Um, well, I'm not really <laughs> sure what I'm, I'm considering. Some kind of writing work that would be sort of like teaching, like editing people out with their writing project. With a chart like yours, the best way for you to be a success is you would have to write and publish it yourself. Uh-huh. And if you could figure out a way to do that, then forget these authority figures because, boy, you'll just get burned by them. My opinion. You are showing some money imminent, oh. imminent right now, but still remember, being more in charge of your own creativity is my advice because that's what I'm used to. Thank you, hon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. She's got my Mars. What are you doing, my Mars lady? Let's go to Krista on line three, December 20th, 52, another Sag rising. Hello? Hi, Farley. They come in waves. Waves? Sag risings and Libra risings, it seems okay. like. Okay. How are you? Oh, I'm t- so, thank God it's Friday. Monica bails out because of this death in the family, and I've been running all the computers, and now I know why I have to be nice to her all the time. <laughs> What'd you say? I said you get your hands full. Oh, my God. I know everyone's charts now, I'll tell you. I just wanted to thank you for doing such a wonderful job, and I've been a member for like six months. This is the first time I've called. I guess I want a general scan. I have been going through a very deep, painful-type transformation, which is manifested physically. Uh-huh. And What's wrong? Can you share it? Uh, yeah, I have had a itchy rash that's been all over my body in different degrees. Well, let's shake that son of a gun off. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I can relate to that. You, you know what that is? That's the, uh, the Sagittarius effect. You have this Sagittarius sun, and Saturn, the planet that rules the skin, right, has been going over your sun and Sag, and it's been making your skin crawl, obviously. And you're not alone because a lot of people with late Sag and late Gemini planets like me, I've been having the same thing. So I tried to just forget about it or manifest something else. But it might have flared up last year and then it calmed down a little while. And then just lately it's re-flared up again. Yeah, it's been very painful. And I've gone to all kinds of doctors and I was just wondering if I could look for it. I feel like the cycle is coming to an end. I was just wondering what you saw. What is going on as far as your relationships? Are you having problems there? Uh, I'm not having any. Okay. <laughs> now, does that bother you? Probably. I'm learning a lot through this. What bothers you more than anything right now? If I gave you a magic rock and we could make something change or disappear, what would it be? Uh, probably my life direction. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you think that that might make your skin crawl? If I knew what it was? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the fact that you feel like you lack direction. Oh, yes. Okay. I think as metaphysical advice you should probably start organizing your goals on paper immediately, about a 100 of them, and start writing out some options. Sit down and think about it and put it up on a wall, goal sheet, and attach a yellow magic marker to it so you can start yellowing out things you start accomplishing and let's start creating some directions. Mm -hmm. Because usually it's the biggest problem in life that creates a skin discomfort. (laughs) Okay? And if you can overcome that problem, then it might go away. So let's create some direction and see if that doesn't help overcome this transit, okay? Great. And I'm not a doctor, so good luck, okay? But, you know, one thing I do like to say is that my skin is beautiful, it is healthy, and my skin is radiant. Mm -hmm. And if you try saying that about 100 times a day, it may happen, okay? How long can I expect this transit to be going on? I think that will... Well, I'm afraid to tell you. (laughs) 
I'd say another few months. Okay. But That's because you said somebody tell me that. Because you are a terminal of God, you can turn anything around no matter what it is. Right. Because astrology just reveals to us this illusion of uniqueness we have chosen that we can always uh, choose to overcome also. Right. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Bye. Bye. KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative in Redondo Beach. And you know, these are strange times with six retrogrades, a moon wobble, and a void course moon. But this is the time to get counseling, to get therapy, to order your chart, and to find out what's happening. You know, it may not be a time to buy an airplane, or to buy a boat, or to start a business, or to get married, but it is time to seek help. Definitely time to get help. That's why there's all these things happening this weekend. Let's go to Sharon now, Gemini Libra Rising. Hi. Hello. Good afternoon, and thank you for being on the air. All right. Uh, all right. So I have a solar return coming up in a few scant days, and I was wondering if you could kind of give me a general scan given. I did seven solar returns this morning. Yeah. That poor Monica boy, we knocked her out with that. I'm sitting there doing solar returns, and they're really hard to do. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, these people are freaking out here. But anyway, what would you say? <laughs> so in the light of retrograde planets and moon wobbles, I'd like a general scan, if you don't mind, and I'll send away for my solar return. Well, I think your life is happening better than it ever has. I think that you have been groomed for a magnificent period, best period of your life on approach coming up, and you may be finishing up some of the garbage now. Truly. But you, you've had plenty of garbage in your life already. You know, we're talking about the dump zone here in many areas. Looks like you've weeded yourself into some situations that on the forefront appear to be okay, but given a little timing, you might find yourself in hot water or even in the fire after a while, and then you figure you have trouble trying to figure out how to get out of it. You relate to that stuff? Yes, I do. I'm following you completely. Now, that's Mars opposed Jupiter. Mars in Taurus and Jupiter in Scorpio, especially with men, believe it or not. They seem okay at the beginning, then a couple months later, it's like, you have a gun in your drawer with, you know, <laughs> you just, not just, you know, you find all kinds of weird things. But hopefully not that. And because you are Gemini, you still there? Yes, I'm right here. <laughs> you're not laughing. You're, I notice you're not laughing at this. And then you have Venus and Mars in Taurus. So you're going to go through a triple trine over the next eight years, which will be a Saturn trine your Venus Mars, and Neptune trine your Venus Mars, and Uranus trine your Venus Mars, which should bring you more stability and love and finance and romance and spiritual growth than you ever imagined. Oh. Farley, you made my day. So keep the faith, kid, okay? Thanks. And remember, I've got Scorpio, too, so I'm hurting once in a while myself. <laughs> <laughs> when God said, we're going to put Scorpio into this dimension, I went, thanks a lot, Lord. Not only do we get obsessive sex, but we get undiagnosed emotions, which are a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I think it's part of the ticket book for coming to this planet. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Let's go now to Deborah on line five, the Capricorn Scorpio rising. Hi, Deb. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, better than I've ever been or better than I could ever hope. Good. Or just, hmm. listen, let me tell you something. When you wake up in the morning and you can breathe, you know, you notice that your nasal passages are clear and you notice you can see and you can hear okay and you can speak and you can move your body and walk and talk and everything. You don't have any major pain. Then I think you're rich. You're really, you're really rich in spirit at that point. I think that, that, I, that I, I am thankful for that, for those basics every morning. It's just grateful. That's right. Well, um, I'd like a general scan. I've got a lot of stuff going on right now, and I'm not really quite sure what direction I need to go in. I'm having a little bit of problems in my relationship right now, and I'm not sure about my financial situation, my career, so I just kind of need an overall. Do you have Libra Moon there? The Libra Moon square Mars? I think so. And your son is conjunct Mars, also square the moon. You had one of those interesting childhoods, huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like, where's the rubber room? I prefer that to this room I'm living in. Well, you know, um, unfortunately, with your type of chart, I think you absorb a lot in the childhood that during these transits, I hate to say this, but even though we do get a lot of therapy to try to process some of the negative childhood effects, when the transit hits, it seems like the buttons get pressed and we even find ourselves acting like the villains that supposedly caused us a lot of pain when we were growing up. So if you relate acting like mom and dad now in your life, then you're kind of plugging into some of the conditioning that they kind of, without you knowing it, laid on your head. And that might have something to do with some of your misdirections. Do you relate to that? Yeah, I do. Now, frankly, the key for you is metamorphosis. You definitely are uh, one of these uh, alien entities that is crawling around changing shape right now. And uh, it, it appears to be a whole new life situation. So whatever you're into now, if it doesn't feel that good, be forewarned by me that newness is the key to your life. So processing some of the old people and friends and careers and residences and cities could be the key to your happiness, and it's going to take about two, three years. Okay, because I just moved about four months ago and processing and therapy, and I've just been doing a whole bunch of stuff to try and and process and, and grow. A lot of people with charts like yours will spend time with Deborah and learn how to be her best friend and learn how to be a glowing beacon spirit, a loving being, and not focus so much on the rest of the world unless it wants to come in and be easy with you. See, so focusing on yourself, on Deborah right now, might be the important part. And when you try to reach out too much to others, that's when you might find it's more difficult. Because relationships are hard during cardinal transits, and you're in one right now. Okay? Okay, great. Thank you. Bye. Okay, Carol is a Cancer with Gemini rising. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fine. I was wondering about the karmic aspect of my chart. Oh, poor puppy. You're one of those Saturn and Virgo people that have major lesson in life, work, or lack of it. Um, what house is your Saturn in? Can you tell? Um, no. How do I tell? Okay, what degree is your Gemini rising? Do you know? No. Okay, let's estimate. I would say that Saturn is probably in your fourth house. So your Saturn in Virgo would have a lot to do with emotional stability. I know that I did have a chart done many, many years ago, and they told me all the different houses and where things were. What house is your Saturn in? Um, It didn't say anything about Saturn. Okay, then you don't know. I assume your Saturn's in the fourth house because you're Gemini rising. And that would be karma with the home, with the residence, emotional security, with the mother, work situations, and health connected to all of the above. (laughs) Does that sound like you? Yeah, just the whole life fellowship. <laughs> oh, real good. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. We'll see you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, I didn't hear that. Let's go to Francine. Nope, the FCC did. Francine's a Virgo with Sag rising. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. All right. Uh, let me see. My question is a little like my state of mind right now. It's just really confusing. I've just sort of been in a muddle for a long time, and I think a lot of it has to do, I'm wondering, all the mercury. I have uh, Virgo sun, Sagittarius rising. Um and moon is in Gemini, which is also Mercury. So I feel like I'm always very analytical, and also with the Virgo being so much into perfection. Yeah. That it's hard for me to just go forward, you know. So right now, in terms of career direction, I feel like um, I'm the kind of person who wants everything to be perfect before I make a move. And so, therefore, I feel like I'm standing in one place too long. Do you know what I like to do when I meet a person like you? Uh-huh. What? I like to give them a behavioral modification that works for me. Okay. When I find myself analyzing things, like let's see, I'll sit here and go, hmm, this girl's pretty attractive, and she's, oh, she's got nice hair and beautiful eyes, and I like her body, and chemistry seems fine, her intellect's beautiful. And I know that that's not right for me to sit there and try to be subjective about anything. So the very first thing I do is I'll go down to my heart chakra, I'll look at it, and I'll say, what do you think? 
and I'll check to see if it's going either boom, 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 or boom, 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 or you know, when I, you know, a lot of times I'll go down to my stomach and I'll say, well, what do you think? You know, I'll never go lower than that because I don't want to get too personal. But sometimes by getting out of your brain and out of the crown and the brow chakra and locking it up with this needless analysis, it's better to change the energy focus in your body to the throat, to the heart, and to the stomach chakras, and then go with a body feeling more than a body thought. Mm-hmm. So that way, if you catch yourself thinking, try to go back to the physical, to your physical sensations. And if you're trying to analyze something, we'll say, well, let's just see how I feel about that. Let's see how my, let's sit here and just hang out in this environment and see how the stomach feels. Well, it feels good, so it must be fine. See what I mean? Let's see how my heart feels. Yeah, it's fluttering a little bit, so it must be exciting. Yeah. And that way, uh, maybe you'll learn to cut down on some of that Virgo analysis, okay? Okay. Try it and let me know how it works. Okay. Do you see anything that's in the forecast right now because of all of the retrogrades and so on? You should have been a detective, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or a police officer. No. No, I definitely think that it's, you're given a grand opportunity right now to transform and be less analytical and to learn to be more like a river. See yourself more like a flowing river than like a computer. Okay. And sometimes use the affirmation when you're analyzing too much that I am a flowing river, and I will flow with this and not worry about it. Okay? okay. Great. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. You're welcome. Let's try Irene first. She's next in line. Libra Gemini Rising. Hi, I. Hi. I have been listening to your show, and I've been going through a lot, but it somehow... It just makes me feel a lot more quiet and happy just listening to it, even though I'm having kind of a rough time. But I wanted to talk about the subject today anyway. I don't want to talk about that. I was looking at my chart, and it said that I have Saturn in Capricorn and Saturn in the seventh house. Now, how do those two things relate as far as when I have a Saturn return or if I have problems? If you recorded the show today, did you? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay, but if you did, then you would be able to remember what I said when I said Saturn in Capricorn and then Saturn in the seventh house. And what you do is you combine both, which means that your karma in life would be an ethical, practical, logical pattern from the cap Uh and then a partner, relationship, love vibration from the seventh house, which means that when your relationships and your career get too intertwined, then that's when the karma strikes. It's like working with a partner or a husband or a lover are trying to balance what you do at the career and having room or routine or time for relationships. Does this make sense to you now? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Lisa, believe it or not, is a Leo with Libra rising just like Farley. Hi. Hello. How are you? Talked to you in a long time. That's right. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Finally got my spirituality together with some channeling and stuff. Well, that sounds cash. Yeah. I'm still, my direction is like, where do I go? Well, you should be on the radio probably teaching astrology. <laughs> or you should have been a shrink or something like that. Uh-huh. Well, you have a lot of knowledge. You have to admit that. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that show when I talked about reflecting knowledge and responsibilities of absorbing it and using it? No, I should have. Huh? Well, you, you missed that one for a reason, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that uh, your time is coming, you know, and uh, the more you worry, uh, the more you'll negate some of the power that's about to bestow upon you. This month is important. Something very big should be happening to you. If you get a job or start a business, even with all these retrogrades and wobbles, because Jupiter is trying your business, you are shown a major gain right now. I can't make you any promises for relationship balance, but at least you're shown a major gain or a surge in your life. Mm-hmm. So stop being so depressed, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try. Lighten up. It's, I'm a Leo with Libra rising, too, and I go to bed crying sometimes. <laughs> I'll see you, hon. Right. Bye-bye. Well... I'm headed to the world now. I'm going out in the world. 
to be free and happy and powerful and healthy. My body is a healthy, attractive force to be reckoned with. Slim, too. Okay, everybody. Have a nice day. See you real soon. Weekdays on KFOX 93.5 FM at 12 noon. Have a nice day.